Stories from the Cumberland Arms, Episode 2, and in this episode, Why Buy the Cumberland Arms? I entered the Cumberland Arms for the first time that dark February night in 2002. The small front bar was very quiet. A fire burned low in the grate. But from the back bar, the Wednesday Irish session, with its exuberance and rampaging rhythms, dominated. I bought a drink and went to the back bar, opening the door cautiously. The music hit me head on, and I stood for a moment, shocked by its enveloping, magical effect. The room, smaller than the front bar, was packed with musicians, and a good smoky fug was up. Discarded coats and scarves and jackets and violin and flute, guitar and banjo cases were piled higgledy-piggledy. The faces of the players remained intent upon their work, seeking that inner soul to feed their music. From time to time, one or other of them would cease playing in order to sip a pint or have a word with a neighbour or laugh out loud or simply rest and listen or struggle through the ordered mayhem to the tiny bar hatch, passing me with a friendly nod or smile. Little did they know then what was in my heart, and how I yearned to be part of this, to be an enabler of such true and natural beauty, and to find my balance again, and to find my new home. These backroom sessions have been going on without a break for 25 years. I don't remember much more of how long I listened, but I do remember hearing, with a newbie's awe, the way one tune would appear to recede and slide effortlessly into another tune of a different hue. Was it then or another time someone sang? Or a double bass was being thumbed? Or a sad lament was bringing tears to my eyes? I do remember all that was not the only thing which assailed my senses one night, for someone showed me the upstairs bar, a room where, also each Wednesday night, three men and women's rapper dance teams practised. I knew not what that was, nor who they were, but I was, at once, again captivated, for dancing is pleasure to me. They held what seemed to be a sword in each hand, which had a handle on either end. They wore resin-soled Oxfords, and toe-tapped a rhythm forever embedded in my head. And a bowler-hatted caller, called a Tommy, shouted the changes in steps and rhythm, occasionally retrieving an imitation severed hand which had somehow appeared to fly through the air from amongst the dancers, supposedly inadvertently amputated by one of the swords. For those who do not yet know, they dance the dances of the Newcastle coal mining community, indeed of miners everywhere, here and abroad. Five to a dancing ring, connected hand by hand on the handles at the end of bendy pieces of steel, a sword, the wrapper, never ever letting go, through somersaults and ducking and weaving in and out in wondrously complex patterns, all to a solo fiddle, and danced within a tight circle, limited in space by the mere length of their arms. 
And when they leant back and in perfect step revolved faster and faster and faster, relying solely on each other's strength and grip and timing, it was thrilling. The denouement, a star of threaded swords cast with panache and a crash to the floor. To adapt some Rupert Brooke, but what they never told me of and what I never knew was that there was yet another regular, exquisite happening in the evenings of the first Fridays of every month. Professional storytellers took over the upstairs room. If the electric hadn't shorted out, they would turn it off, light a candle on each of the dark tables, and then shadows danced as they weaved their enchantments. If it rained, seven buckets collected the water, which only enhanced the atmosphere. But to become a publican, me, I'd no idea how to run a pub. I didn't even like beer. It took about six months of negotiations before I did indeed become the patron of this magnificent freehouse with its frontage and lands. Contracts were at last signed with the very elderly owners and the deeds drawn up for me to take possession at midnight on the 2nd of August 2002. And that day was the first Friday of the month. So it was storytelling night, which began at 8pm, which I attended. Because it was holiday time, the storytellers decided that it would be an evening of stories from the floor, and I decided to tell one myself. Well, what I told them, that's for next time. What's a place that we all go? The Cumberland Arms podcast was produced and recorded by Hal Branson, barman at the Cumberland Arms between 2006 and 2008. The music featured in the Cumberland Arms podcast is by Tim Dalling.